I'm Jake. And I'm Benny. And welcome back to Jake and Benny's Backyard Football. This is going to be episode four of season two. We've got plenty of news to cover, as well as pretty interesting storylines from week three that we'll get into on this episode of Jake and Benny's Backyard Football. So not too much of crazy games. I mean, there was like one you could kind of mention. Um, you said it wasn't really too big. Uh, the Raiders and the Dolphins. Uh, the Raiders go 3-0. and That's good for them, I think. But the game I want to talk about is the Chargers and the Chiefs. Now, that was a fantastic game. Justin Herbert balled out, I think, five touchdowns, right? Yep. And then Patrick Mahomes had two interceptions. One wasn't necessarily his fault. It was a no-look pass. Maybe if you looked, it could have been a little more on target. But it hit his receiver in the hands, tipped up, and it got a diving interception at that. But that second one kind of seemed like miscommunication with him and Travis Kelsey. But still an interception. They still lost the game. It's crazy to think that the Chiefs are 1-2. Bottom of the division for the first time in forever. I feel like recently they've always just been the most dominant team in the AFC. Now they're not even the most dominant team in their division. I know you got two 3-0 teams. You got the Broncos and you got the Ra Raiders. And then now the Chargers at 2-1. I mean... We'll see, we'll see what they can do for the rest of the season. What game did you like? Uh, so this game doesn't really hold too much significance, but there's one thing that really did. Um, Ravens and Lions. I mean, if you guys watch football, you know how important that last drive by the Ravens was. And it proved some things. So just to backtrack on that, there was less than a minute left. The Ravens had no timeouts. They were on their side of the field. And also they were, uh, they were down by two points. And it just didn't look like it was still possible because uh, Hollywood Brown, is, he dropped two touchdowns in that game. And just no one was on target. And the Ravens were losing to the Lions, which you guys know the Lions are a terrible team. But uh, it was 4th and 18, and Lamar Jackson threw a dime to uh, Marquise Brown. And some, somehow he caught it. I'm surprised by that. Moved downfield, and then they're set up for a 66-yard field goal. And as the time expires, Justin Tucker breaks the field goal record, which is 64, held by Matt Prater. And now Justin Tucker holds the record for the longest field goal, which is 66 yards. Now, not only is it the longest field goal, I mean, that in of itself is an amazing accomplishment to do now, but it was a game-winning field goal as time expired. And it did hit the crossbar, but it doesn't matter. It still crossed. Still went in. Yeah, it still went in, and he's going to be in the Hall of Fame as a kicker for sure. Yeah, I know his Madden overall, not that I care about Madden, uh, was raised by 12. Yeah, and now he's in the first 99 overall kicker ever in Madden. That's so uh, funny. Yeah, but going back to that, um, I know a lot of Lions fans are saying there should have been should have been a delay of game and a bunch of stuff like that. That would have made it a 71-yard field goal. Yeah, yeah, it would have, but at the yeah, same... He wouldn't have made that, but still, that 66-yard field goal, insane. Yeah, that's still... A an amazing stat and I mean sure the Lions fan don't want to be in the record books as giving up a 66 yard field goal but I mean they're gonna have to because the rest of the league thinks it's cool I think it's cool fun fact uh, one of the uh, holders of that record they broke uh, they broke the record prior I'm not sure who it was or what year but they broke the record prior against the Lions on a game-winning field goal that's so that's just happened them twice and honestly it's a it's so it's funny because the lions are just a franchise of disappointment year in and year out and it seems like this season especially they haven't really been that terrible they've just been very unlucky mediocre and unlucky but and that's the story of them every year every they, year they're just always they that don't have, unlucky team they don't have the best relationship with the refs i don't know what's going on but you know 
Speaking of referees, let's talk about some news. Uh, Lyle Collins. Yeah, he tried to bribe a referee over a drug test. That That's insane to think about. Yeah, I mean, he's just really throwing away his NFL career at this point. And I'm, I don't know. I'm not very surprised. It's a Cowboys player. Uh, <laughs> that's to say the least. You gotta about be better, it. though. But you gotta be better. He's trying to bribe these officials in order to just waive his drug test. And yeah, honestly, I'm. It's it's bad that that's happening. You but at least he's getting punished for it. And then one more piece of news I want to bring up. You know, while we were on the topic of the Ravens and the Lions, I just want to bring in that Rashad Bateman. He's going to come back, I believe. Yep, he's going to come back next week, I believe. Yeah, so that's going to be good for Lamar. Uh, they drafted Rashad Bateman in the first round of this last draft, and they definitely need more receivers out there because with Marquise Brown and everybody, I mean, Lamar Jackson's still putting up great numbers, but receivers aren't getting open, and hopefully we can see Rashad Bateman ball out. Yeah, Lamar, I mean, as I said, I've always kind of hated on him, but I'm done doing that. He's just proven, especially this season, that he's able to really put this team on his back. Because as I said, Marquise Brown had two drop touchdowns that would have not had to have Justin Tucker kick a 66-yard field goal. So overall, having Bateman back is going to really help him out because he needs a young rookie wide receiver who's actually able to make plays. Sure, Marquise Brown catches balls every once in a while, but overall, he's very inconsistent about it and he drops a lot. Easily the worst. That can really cause the game and almost cause the game against the Lions. And being the only team to lose to the Lions is pretty bad. Honestly, he's easily one of the worst wide receiver ones, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, going over to corner uh, quarterbacks, uh, Taylor Heineke could win the starting job. Uh, with Fitzpatrick out, most of, most of the times when the starting quarterback is out, they're guaranteed that position right when they get back. But Heineke's been playing decent enough to where it shouldn't really be... It's not really a giveaway for uh, Fitzpatrick for that job again. I mean, sure, they, they got killed by the Bills. But they did put up, I think, 21, 21 points. Yeah, they put up 21 points on Sunday. But the defense led up 45. And so, you're not, you're not going to win if that's going to happen. No, you're not going to win. And speaking of that defense, that's just something that's crazy because, you know, we're coming in from the offseason and this defense was being praised. Obviously, uh, you brought up that they have an amazing front seven, yeah, which they amazing. do. But they've been a little on the quieter side this season. And the secondary has never looked worse than it does, you know, this season. They actually lost me eight points in fantasy this week. Negative eight points. I, I lost so because funny. of them. <laughs> that's so funny to think about. So yeah, the uh, the football team is a very weird situation because as yeah, as we said, we were praising them a lot this season. We honestly had them as uh, division winners. I, I did at least. The Cowboys are doing great though right now, sadly, but <laughs> the football team, the offense was looking good. Uh, the defense was looking great. I mean, that front seven, very lethal, but that secondary, they just get burnt every single time. And they're just letting up holes. It's they they really coverage. are. It's, it's really it's terrible. sad to see. And um, do you think... Do you think Fitzpatrick hangs up the cleats after the season? Oh, definitely. Yeah. He was, considering that he was thinking about it last season, he got hurt already, and then the football team's not really good. He's he's hanging them up, sadly. And they're thinking about Taylor Heineke winning the starting job, and Heineke's pretty good, I'm not going to lie. He... A very surprising player. For sure. He picked up where he left off from last year in the playoffs against the Buccaneers, and while Heineke... He's going to throw two dimes, but he's going to either throw a pick or just one ball that's just unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, you always got to think about that. But I think for now, I don't think it's too bad. I think he would have put up similar numbers to Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's tough to see for Ryan because obviously we're avid fans of him on the show. He obviously deserved a better career, but 
yeah, I think it should be time for him to hang it up. And another quarterback that's definitely going to win the starting job when he comes back is Andy Dalton. Matt Nagy said when he comes back from injury that he's going to start him over Justin Fields. Obviously, I don't like it. Uh, Justin Fields is a quarterback that I'm still a fan of, even though if you factor in the sacks, he only threw one yard against the Browns. But I even said it last week, that's not a favorable matchup to start the Browns. No. They're, I mean, offense, defense, they are a polarizing team. So it was bound to happen. The fact that the, that the Bears let up nine sacks is just embarrassing. Uh, that front or that offensive line is probably the worst in the league after that performance. That was just pitiful. Uh, I feel bad for Justin Fields because imagine going into your first football game as a starter just to get sacked nine times. Uh, it is kind of funny because during the offseason after his first preseason game, he said that the NFL felt kind of slow to him. I think that was a pretty fast welcome for him. Oh, for sure. Most definitely. Uh, so going back over to quarterbacks, uh, Texans, they actually finally softened the asking price for Deshaun Watson. And honestly, this is kind of stupid considering that the Dolphins were willing to trade their very high asking price for him. I know three first round picks, probably two just so you can have a quarterback out there and probably a couple players, I think. Yeah, and, and the fact that they declined that trade and are now are asking for less just shows how mismanaged this team really is. They could is. have had all that. And the worst part is that trade came pre-allegations. So yeah. And now you have to factor the allegation on top of it, allegations. You have to factor that on top of it. And, you know, you got to factor in that they started Tyrod Taylor over him, which is understandable. But Tyrod Taylor gets hurt and they looked towards Deshaun Watson, but he expressed that he didn't want to go out on the field and play yep. for them. So, I mean... They softened the asking price, but at this point, they're gonna they're gonna probably need to do more than soften it. To be honest, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying trade him for a bag of chips and like a fifth round pick, but like you're probably just at this point, you're don't treat him like Hopkins. Yeah, at, at this point, at least you got to get one or two first round picks out of him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just so crazy to see. As I said, they had that trade that they wanted that they were asking for. They had that in their books. But then for some god unknown reason, they denied it. I mean, Watson has stated before that he's done He's done to the team. He's never playing another down for them. Why wouldn't they trade him? I know. It just makes sense. I mean, plenty of other players have done that before. Eli Manning, when he got drafted by the Chargers, he did that. Yeah. I mean, if you have such a toxic environment, a toxic work environment in general, you're going to remove yourself. So you might as well remove the player that's causing that. Not directly blaming Deshaun for that. We've expressed how mismanaged the Texans are, but they got to get them out of there, man. Yeah, going over to another mismanaged team, the Jaguars. Uh, former Jaguars first-round pick, C.J. Henderson, he's a cornerback. He was traded to the Panthers for a fifth-round pick. Uh, he's kind of in that bust territory right now. I think he only had one interception last season. Yeah, and he's. I think he's let up way more touchdowns than yeah. like possible. He just that that leap to the NFL for a corner is one of the hardest uh, positions to like leap for. I think for sure. I think it's corner and probably defensive lineman probably being some of the hardest you know positions to transfer to in the league, and um, that just shows it with C.J. Henderson. I mean, if you're not good. I mean, you're going to get trades like this. You're going to get, yeah. who knows if he's gonna, even going to start, you know, trading for a fifth round pick at that point, that just looks like depth. That might just be all he is for the rest of his career. Yeah. 
the Panthers will not be putting Christian McCaffrey on IR. We talked about this a little bit last week after the game. Uh, McCaffrey did get her, I think it was something with his hamstring. Yeah, stretched hamstring. Yeah, stretched hamstring. So him not being on IR is huge because he is such a reliable uh, he's such a reliable asset for the uh, Panthers offense. Fantastic receiver, fantastic running back. I mean, he does it all for that offense. They rely a lot on him for the game plan. Same with the Titans and Derrick Henry. Without their running backs, they're kind of in a bad place. We saw it last season with the Panthers. They, they finished 5-11, and 11, and that was without Christian McCaffrey for a majority of the season. Uh, so it's good to see that he is not on IR, but hopefully they don't rush his injury because that's just going to make it worse. Do you think that there's injury concerns about Christian McCaffrey, like, long-term? Because this is his second season in a row getting hurt. There could be. I mean, either they're playing a little too soft and not getting him out there as soon, because we have seen players, yeah, i.e. Jamal Adams, play through injuries. And I get running back as a different position to play through an injury with. But at this point, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised by talks of injury concerns, because he did miss last year. I think he only played three games. Yep. And then so far, he's only played three games, because he still technically played a little bit in that game. But, I mean, every time Christian goes down, though, uh, kind of similar situation to what the Steelers had when we saw Le'Veon Bell get shipped out, they've got good running back depth. Last year, they had Mike Davis, who's the starting running back in uh, Arizona or Atlanta. Yeah. And, you know, he balled out while Christian McCaffrey's there, and now we're looking towards uh chubba hubbard uh i love his name by the way uh <laughs> but in a small amount of time chubba hubbard he got 11 carries for 52 yards and i think that's pretty solid i'm pretty sure he had a couple catches in there too but fantastic player to have in depth so i don't think they're going to be worried too much obviously you're going to want christian mccaffrey in there more uh-huh. but i think while he does have some injury concerns like I don't know what to say. I don't want to say that they he's a player that you could move on from, but I wouldn't be surprised if something like that is in a conversation. Yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, so next piece of news for you guys, the Jaguars, they dropped Philip Dorsett, which he used to be pretty pretty good wide receiver over New, over in New England. He's He's played... He got drafted by the Colts. He had a solid rookie season, nothing crazy. He still doesn't have a 1,000-yard receiving career, uh, season, I don't think. And then he floated around a couple practice squads, and he got picked up in New England. And like you said, he had a pretty, again, a, a decent season. And then he got picked up by the Seahawks. Yep. And then he got dropped, picked up by the Jags, dropped, and now he's back in Seattle. Yeah, I, I understand. We don't really, or Seattle does not have that depth that they did last season because last season they had Lockett, Metcalf, Moore. uh, They had Dorsett, but he was hurt for the majority of the season. They had Freddie Swain, but now with Moore gone, that's a really empty spot. They have Freddie Swain, which he's decent. He's been able to make some pretty impressive plays. He balled out last week. Yeah. Dwayne Eskridge, he's another guy. I mean, he's been hurt for a majority of the season. He's actually coming back, I think, in like two weeks. So that's good to look at. Uh, but yeah, Dursett, he's not going to be that wide receiver one or even a wide receiver two. He's probably going to be competing for that wide receiver three spot with Freddie Swain. Uh, it's just good to have that depth. He's not great, but he's a fast guy, and Seattle needs a fast guy. Speaking of fast guys, Josh Gordon. Now, we talked about him last week. We said that it wasn't going to be a, a football season without talking about him. And he's actually been re- he's been signed to the league with the Chiefs. I I... I like it. Uh, I think if Casey can, you know, help him 
change his life and put the wrong things down i think it'll be a good signing um i am probably just saying that as a browns fan and i'm just reminiscing the days where we could have had a megatron type wide receiver because that's what josh gordon was you know three games in a row with 200 receiving yards um he's a fantastic player and i really advocate for him and i think with patrick mahomes from a purely football standpoint i think this is a great signing i think so too especially with tyree kill he hasn't done too much the first three weeks you know by now we're usually looking already at a highlight tape but he's been a little quiet there's been some miscommunication between kelsey and mahomes and while mccall hardman is pretty good josh gordon in my opinion from a football standpoint is better i i agree with that and uh one thing i did want to bring up with uh when we were talking about dorset so seattle did sign him for depth that's clear yes and you expressed how you liked david moore yeah it's crazy to see that david moore was in free agency and instead of seattle you know picking up where they left off and grabbing him he actually got picked up by denver yeah david moore was such a big player for the seahawks looking at last season for example he had one of the best catches catches of the season NFL wide, not just among the Seahawks, but NFL wide. And it was against the Patriots. It was an insane toe tap touchdown where he barely barely fell into the end zone. But uh, David Moore has just been that guy. He's a reliable third uh, third man. He's never going to be a second wide receiver or first wide receiver. He's just that third guy that you can always rely on. He's not going to be perfect, but he's, he can have the potential to make those crazy catches. Now, I really wish that Seattle would have signed him back because I miss him a lot. I'm, uh, DK and Lockett are great. I advocate for them every week, it seems like. But those two can only do so much. You shut those two down, Seahawks are screwed. There's not much more they could do. I mean, Dwayne Eskridge, he's been hurt most of the season, so he hasn't done anything. Uh, Philip Dorsett, I don't expect too much from him. Freddie Swain's been picking up the pace a little bit, but not like David Moore did those past two seasons. Uh, I think the Broncos actually signed him now. Yeah, that's what I brought up. And yeah. I think that's a great signing with Jerry Judy um, currently hurt. Oh, yeah. I think that's going to help. I think we're going to see some of David Moore in the Broncos upcoming game. I definitely think so, too. Richard Sherman, he's finally on an NFL roster again with the Buccaneers. We talked about this last week as the Buccaneers being the team that was probably most likely going to sign him, and it happened. And this does make sense with Sean Murphy bunting out for the season. Yeah. Uh, I just wonder how this is going to look. Richard Sherman in a Buccaneers jersey. And you got to think at this point, he's got a chance at another ring. He does. I think everybody on that team is just going there for a ring. Um, I don't know if you guys played Madden Mobile when you were younger, <laughs> but... If you guys did, you know, when you just go and buy a bunch of pro packs, that's what look, that's what the Chiefs or that's what the Buccaneers look like right now. For sure. They are just getting all these like formerly amazing players. I mean, Tom Brady's still amazing. Gronk's still playing great. But Richard Sherman's kind of out of his prime. However, it's still a really good signing for them. I really wish that some other teams would have been I wish that some other teams would have been able to capitalize on this. Like the Chiefs. I mean, their, the Chiefs need their a, secondary yeah. is looking god off. I think they're the worst in the league. Their, their secondary their is. Their defense is the worst in the league um, overall. So I've had this comparison a few times, mainly about Mahomes and Wilson. But I'm going to compare the Chiefs and the Seahawks right now. Uh, just a quick little thing. It's kind of looking very similar, but in a shorter escape. Because you saw the Seahawks, their dynasty. I wouldn't really call it a dynasty, but their team. It was amazing. Russell Wilson's first two, three years there. And then every year it started declining. 
Patrick Mahomes, his team was amazing. It still is very good. Don't don't get me wrong, but that defense, it's already just the defense is really selling them out right now. And the same thing can be said for Seattle. And a lot of people are comparing that um, Mahomes and Wilson were going to have a similar career because they both won their Super Bowl in their second season uh, as starters. And then they both lost to Tom Brady in the third. And now it seems like they're both going to have a similar third season where they don't really do much. But overall, uh, yeah, I would love to see Richard Sherman over to the Chiefs instead. Also because I just don't really want the Bucks to win again. <laughs> yeah, and their team's looking like they're going to go back, to be yeah. honest with you. Especially with more chemistry than uh-huh. they had. Because last season, they struggled at the start. I remember Brady had a three-interception game. And oh, we I was like, so happy about I this. I know, we were like, oh, the Bucks aren't going to do anything. Tom Brady was a system quarterback. But they have that chemistry this season, and they're looking fantastic. They did just lose to the Rams, but... The Rams are great. The Rams are great as well. Uh, James White, the Patriots running back, is out indefinitely. And honestly, the Patriots at this point, they're kind of irrelevant. I hate to say it. For sure. Their only relevancy is riding on the Patriots and Buccaneers game this Sunday, which is just a bunch of storylines being talked about just so just to build hype around it. And it's the same stuff. It's Tom Brady returning to Foxborough. He's going to play against his old coach, um, like Bill I saw Belichick. That. But it, it's just, that's all it is. I mean, let's look at it. The... the the Patriots have a lackluster offense. They've got all these big names that would have been good five years ago, but nowadays, not really. Their defense is also pretty lackluster. Yeah. They're going against one of, if not the best teams in football right now. It's going to be a blowout. Yeah, for sure. I saw this commercial today. It was a, a Hello from the Other Side, or sorry, Hello by Adele playing over a trailer for the game. Like this game, honestly, shouldn't really have any hype around it if it wasn't for the storyline. It's not going to be a good game. I'm just being honest. I'm not really looking forward to it. I mean, I'm looking forward to it as a football fan because I love football, but it's not even gonna like it's not even one of my like most hyped up games because I know how bad it's going to be. It's just going to be a blowout. It's just a bunch of storylines being put together just to make it sell. The one thing I do want to see though, to be honest, is after when the game's over and you know when the teams go into the middle of the field i want to see mac jones look in the face of tom brady i want to see what they say to each other what tom would say to mac if he's going to give him any advice or if he's just going to tell him you know good job pat him on the shoulder i want to see what belichick and brady do for sure because apparently on brady's last day he wanted to say a formal good uh, goodbye in person to belichick but belichick was too busy that's crazy to think i don't know i feel like belichick is just salty about the whole entire thing because uh, sure, he had a great part in that uh, Patriots dynasty, but you give a, a quarterback gives you a majority of his career. You better make that time to say goodbye, especially if they're successful. Now, if it's like Andy Dalton, eh, I don't really care. But this quarterback won you. This quarterback won you six Super Bowls. I mean, he put the Patriots on the relevancy map. So I don't know. Bill Belichick seems like the type of guy who's not gonna really he's not a nice guy i'm just being honest <laughs> belichick does not seem like a nice guy and definitely after hearing some of this stuff the way he's treated brady it just goes to show that he really isn't and he's just but i feel like belichick's too competitive yeah i think he's i think he's too too focused he's know? too serious about it um anyways yeah james white's out uh going back to that i hope he heals up fast he's 
he's a decent running back. He always has been just kind of that running back that's not going to really be amazing. But, but he still won them the he's Super still, Bowl. Yeah, he's the, still starter quality for sure. He won the Super Bowl for them against Atlanta. And I'm upset about this because last week uh, I traded Damian Harris away. Yeah. And he's definitely going to be eating a lot of snaps. So going back to Denver, KJ Hamler, he is done for the year. Uh, after an ACL tear, I believe. Yep, torn ACL. So that's another thing about David Moore. That's really going to build that depth because right now they only have Corlin Sutton and Tim Patrick. Besides those two, uh, Jerry Judy and Hamler, they're gone. And those are some of their biggest wide receivers. I mean, Hamler is really consistent. Judy, second year, but his route running is just oh, dangerous. He's putting people on skates. So it does suck to see that the Broncos are already suffering this injury bug that they suffered last season, but it's not to an extent. I mean, sure, they lost Bradley Chubb. They lost um, Jules. They lost now KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy. It's going down the same road, but not at as fast of a rate. They're 3-0 right now. They're still doing great. So overall, I'm not too concerned about this, especially with David Moore being assigned. It does suck losing a player for the season, but they'll be fine. For sure. The Colts are shopping their running back, Marlon Mack. And this is interesting to me because Marlon Mack was actually doing pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, but if you think about it, think about the Colts running back room. Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines, Marlon Mack. And I, I don't remember what his name was, but somebody else got some touches last week. Yeah. And I mean, if you if you have that much, you know, if you have that much clutter in your running back room, I think it makes sense. And I think for Marlon Mack, I think he's good enough that you can get like a, a third round pick, a second round pick, nothing like a fifth round pick, but maybe even a decent player. I like Marlon Mack personally. I think this is a good opportunity for the Colts and whoever picks him up. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, without a doubt, the best uh, running back on that team. And he's a pure running back. We've, all, we've seen it a lot from Jonathan Taylor. Naeem Hines is more of that receiving running back, and I think that that's such a lethal potential duo that you could really work with over there. And the Colts need something because they're 0-3 right now. Very surprising, by the way. But going back to that, uh, Marlon Mack is good, but he's just not really important for this team right now. For sure. He can go anywhere and pretty much be a starter. Uh, Maybe you can even go to New England. New England, yeah. They They probably don't have the capital to trade for him, but I mean, that would help them out a lot. Yeah, so going over to cornerbacks, uh, the Cardinals did sign Quentin Dunbar, which he was on the Seahawks last season. And this is just interesting considering um, how bad the Seahawks secondary is, specifically Trey Flowers. <laughs> I'm promising I'm not trying to make this into a Seahawks episode, but it's important to bring this up because it goes over to the Cardinals. The Cardinals are, I don't think they really need the depth at cornerback right now. But I think they're just trying to take that away from Seattle. For sure. It kind of does seem like a jab. A bunch of it's always funny to see, you know, former players go against or go to teams that have a rivalry with their last one. Um, this one for sure being the Seahawks and the Cardinals. And this is just another example of what I brought up earlier about uh David Moore. They had a pretty good wide receiver and they let him go into free agency, gets picked up by another team. Yep. They have Quentin Dunbar, a great corner. They just let him go, and now he's signed by the Cardinals and the thing is the Seahawks need a number three wide receiver they let him go and they need a number one they need a number one corner over Trey Flowers and they have the opportunity and they're just fumbling it away I don't know if they're looking to draft a corner next draft but something needs to happen and something needs to happen now because that team is not looking good I think Trey Flowers has a ranking of like 56.7 
and this is ranking on the season so far, which is absolutely terrible. I can go on and on about how terrible Trey Flowers is, but I don't think you guys want to listen to that. So I'm going to go to, to a different story that I know you'll want to talk about. The Giants have signed Isaiah Wilson to their practice squad. And if you guys don't know, Isaiah Wilson has been a mess. We touched on him a lot last season and a little bit earlier this season. But talk to me about this. What do you think? So let's run it back. So it all started when Isaiah Wilson was caught at college party still because he got COVID. And then he did it a second time. And then he did it a third time. Yep. And while all this was going on, he only took like one snap and he got absolutely pummeled and just not a good offensive lineman prospect and just very, very toxic. There's a lot of mental issues that are brought up when it comes to Isaiah Isaiah Wilson. I know that there's some like, I read online from like a Twitter therapist, you know, uh, they took some notes on Isaiah Wilson and they said he definitely does like show symptoms of having problems. And it's just one of those things that I don't think he should be in the league. Um, cool that he's getting his paper and he's on the practice squad with the Giants, but it's one of those things that I wish he wasn't on a team. Yeah. And it's not just because, you know, he was a toxic player, but it's just for his health as well. For he, sure. He tried being a rap artist as well. We played a little bit of that on the podcast as well. Uh, horrible attempts. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say about Isaiah Wilson. It's a really disappointing, uh, it's a really disappointing career for what could have been. All I got to say is I need a collab album with him and Antonio Brown. That would be, that would set the world on fire for sure. So uh, next piece of news, uh, Derrick Henry owners in fantasy. You'll love this one. Uh, AJ Brown and Julio Jones arcs could miss Sunday potentially, which if you're a Titans fan, this really sucks because he's, those two players are the only good receivers over there. However, if you were, if you have Derrick Henry in fantasy, you're going to rejoice over this because they play the Jets. And Derrick Henry is going to run all over that team because the Jets have a terrible defense. We all know that. We all know this, especially their front seven. Secondary is bad, but their front seven is worse. And if you're missing your two wide receivers and you have a guy like Derrick Henry, you're just going to run the ball the whole game. And if you can, they will. And I'm looking forward to this Sunday because I need to bounce back from my uh, loss last week in fantasy. Thank you to the football team. Uh, And I think that Derrick Henry is going to just go off right now. But yeah, I really hope that AJ Brown and Julio Jones end up being fine because it, it just sucks to see players of their caliber going out like that. But on the bright side, it is against the Jets. I think anybody can beat the Jets. So overall, it's not too big of a concern. I think that that's why they're kind of already predicting this that they're going to miss on Sunday. Because let's say it was against a division rival, they'd be more lenient or they'd be more strict about this saying, we're going to announce this before the game. We're going to give it to the deadline to, for them to be hurt, like for them to be still eligible for the game. However, since it's against the Jets, so like we're probably going to win this one. The Jets are bad. We have some, uh, we can give them maybe a week off to really get healthy because you don't really need you them this afford week. It. Yeah, you don't need them this week te- technically. Uh, Seahawks tight end Gerald Everett is out. I believe it is because of a COVID issue. I'm not entirely sure though. Uh, this kind of sucks for Seattle. I mean, Will Disley is still very solid. I w- if he didn't get hurt, I think he'd be one of the most talked about tight ends still. Because that one season when he got hurt, he was putting up more numbers than Ke- uh, Kelsey and Kittle. However, he got hurt and then he's kind of forgotten about. So this could be a second chance for um, Disley to prove himself, but also at the same time, they have a huge game against the 49ers on Sunday. They have 
either they can either go to two and two and make their record even or go to one and three which could be really bad long term and Gerald Everett could be a very valuable piece of that offense I mean week one he had a really important touchdown week two pretty solid but week three he had a few good catches so I really uh it does suck to see that he's out on Sunday but I have faith in Disley and as we said Dalton is going to be the starter when he's healthy I mean Justin Fields got completely destroyed on Sunday. That was just rough. To, that was a rough game to watch. Definitely not totally his fault. Not not his fault. I mean, it was really the line's fault, and also the play calling was terrible. Uh, we were saying that Matt Nagy's probably going to be our Adam Gase of this season because that play calling was rough. Uh, you need to run the ball more. You need to run the ball more, and he's calling too many pocket plays. Uh, the couple snaps that... Justin Fields took throughout the season during week one and week two. He had him on play action and RPO, which was solid. It worked. That, yeah, that's the way you want to use Justin Fields. But he, I think he's relying on Justin Fields too much like the Ravens rely on Lamar Jackson, where if he wants to, he can scramble and pick up some yards. And while Justin Fields does has the, have the ability to do that, he's obviously not as fast or as elusive as Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts. So he can get it done, but... You want to scheme your offensive calling around um, what can make him successful. It's also considering the lines of the different teams because looking at the Ravens line, it's not perfect, but it's, it it works for Lamar's play style. Same with the Eagles. Then you look over at the Bears and that line just abysmal. Nine sacks. Yeah, nine sacks. So going back to that, nine sacks. Uh, so going up next, we have two news about uh, two different McCoys. So first of all, defensive tackle Jared McCoy is suspended for six games for a PED violation. I feel like every season there's always one big name with a PED violation. Last uh, last season it was Will Fuller and some other Dolphins player, but now it's Gerald McCoy. And as an aging defensive lineman, I mean, what are you doing? Yeah, you know the rules. I mean, everyone knows the rules about these PEDs. You can't be doing that. And I think it's just probably scared of getting washed and just kind of like one of those like last last dish attempts to yeah. put up numbers and what he should do is what LaShawn McCoy did and he announced his retirement after 12 years and I mean it's really sad to see LaShawn McCoy go because when I was growing up when he was on the Eagles he was doing crazy I mean he's one of the most talked about players I remember that that age it was LaShawn McCoy and Isaiah Crowell it, it was a bunch of name, uh, running backs like that and it was a cool kind of cool age maybe that's just a older football fan thing to say but uh, LaShawn McCoy went to Buffalo after the Eagles and he did decent and then after that he just started floating from team to team and he actually won two Super Bowls in a row he did yeah he but did. he didn't play a snap in either one yeah but yeah he wanted the Chiefs when they won and then last season he signed the Bucks went to the Super Bowl and they won so yeah he has two rings uh six Pro Bowls and just overall really impressive career so I think he's a late round Hall of Fame player. For sure, like eventually, like down the long run, when he himself is like sixty something. Yeah. When they, when they, when there's a time that they start running out of players, you know. Yeah. That's when they'll bring in LeSean McCoy, but I think he's solid. And then after tonight's game, which uh, Jags and Bengals, Bengals won twenty four to twenty one, I believe. Yep. Uh, DJ Chark, uh, Jaguars wide receiver, was taken out with an ankle injury in the first quarter. Not sure what's happening. Still a developing story. Uh, I wish the best for him because the Jags need anything they can get. And Chark is a decent wide receiver. Not amazing, but he gets the job done. 
and that's just another person that Trevor Lawrence can't throw to. That's not a defender. Um, but overall, tonight's game, uh, we'll just touch on this really quick. It was it was pretty good, considering that it was the Bengals and Jags. I didn't want to watch it. I watched a little bit of it because uh, I, it was on. It wasn't that bad of a game, actually. It came down to a game-winning field goal from the uh, Bengals. And the Bengals right now are first in their division, technically, based off alphabetical order. Yep, and let's talk about that real quick, because last year we were talking about how abysmal they were, and they were abysmal last They're year. Terrible. They're terrible. They're 3-1 now. Yeah. That's really, I mean, that's better than the Seahawks. That's <laughs> better That's that's better than the Browns right the Chiefs. now. It's better than the Chiefs. I mean... It's crazy what Cincinnati's doing, and it looks like they're playing correctly. Joe Burrow is actually meeting up to the hype so far. He did throw three interceptions in a row last year, or last week, but he still had like 100 and almost 200 uh, completions in a row that wasn't uh, picked off. Yeah. So Joe Burrow is looking like the answer. He's looking uh, more polished as the games go on, and hopefully, I mean, from an AFC West or AFC North standpoint, you know, being a Browns fan, I hope he doesn't succeed to a degree. Uh, I hope he plays good, but not good enough to beat the Browns. Yeah. But I really like Joe Burrow uh, a little bit. I, I do like what Cincinnati's doing. They're they're also from Ohio, but it's crazy to see that they're three and one. And obviously the Jags, they dropped to- 0 and four. 0 and four. Which going into our weird stats. Now, a few weeks ago, we talked about how uh, Trevor Lawrence never lost a game in high school or college. Now, that was regular season. However, he did lose four total games in playoffs, championships. One of them was to LSU uh, two seasons ago with Joe Burrow. Um, as of now, uh, Trevor Lawrence already has, has as many losses in his NFL career as he did in his high school and college career uh, based on his playoffs and championships, of course. Uh, it just goes to show how much different it is and how he's not succeeding right now. And he's actually doing not he's doing pretty bad. He doesn't have a good coach either, and let's be real, he wasn't gonna turn this team around. No, no one expected that of no, him. No, I mean new coach, uh new coordinators, uh new team, uh bad the, team at that. Bad team at that, and the Jaguars had shipped out a few players already and it's clear that they're in a rebuild phase and they went and grabbed the quarterback they needed and they're letting him get out all of they're letting him get out all of his mistakes now, but it's just, it's probably tough on Trevor Lawrence mentally because, you know, you have all these expectations and... You're used to winning. That's all you've ever done in your life is win pretty much besides those four games. And then now you're at the professional level, the level that you strived your whole life to get to. And now you have more losses than ever and don't even have a single win yet or... It's real sad to see, to be honest. I think Lawrence is going to take it well, though. I don't see him being the type of guy who's going to get unmotivated, become Johnny Manziel 2.0. I think he's going to be good. Yeah, like, I, I will hold out for Trevor Lawrence. Like He's going to he's gonna take it. He's not going to take it lightly, but he's not going to take it bad. He's going to be able to work through this, and he's going to be able to persevere, persevere I think. Uh, so going into our next weird stat, the Raiders. Now, I'm not a Raiders fan, but they are impressive right now. For Honestly, sure. they could be one of the best teams in the AFC. The Raiders are the first team in NFL history to start 3-0 with all three wins coming from teams that won 10 or more games from the previous year. Going over to Denver, I'm not trying to discredit you guys. You guys are doing great right now. 
they are three zero, but all of their opponents are zero and nine. I know uh, the Giants, the Jags, and the, and Jets. the Jets, and zero and nine combined record. Whereas the Raiders, they beat the Ravens, and they're two to two and one. They beat the Dolphins. The Dolphins aren't so hot right now, but last season they were really good. They went ten and six. They went ten and six last season. And the Raiders beat the Steelers as well, which again not doing so great, but they were eleven and f- or twelve and four last season. So the Raiders are really proving themselves because last season they had a very impressive start. They were the only team to beat the Chiefs, I believe, besides the Chargers. But that was just a week sixteen game; didn't really matter. And now, for Denver, this game is going to be the game. That uh, proves that themselves. proves if they're good or not. They're going to be hosting Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, uh, obviously a polished team, a playoff team at that. And then they go against the Steelers. Uh, they have been a little rocky, but I think they're on the same kind of level, offensive and defensively. And then after that, they go against the Raiders. So yeah, they definitely have the Broncos need to prove themselves because a lot of people are hop, uh, hopping on this hype already, especially Denver fans. Especially we're, we're from Colorado yeah. and it's crazy. I haven't seen so many people talk about, talk about the Broncos since Peyton Manning for sure. But it's good to see that that culture is coming back to the uh, AFC West because these past couple of years it's just been Chiefs, 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 but now it's Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders. The whole division is being talked about now. As you said, the Chargers the Chargers upset the Chiefs. Uh, Justin Herbert threw five touchdowns, which is insane. The Raiders are often an amazing start. The Broncos are often an amazing start, and the Chiefs are actually doing kind of bad. Yeah, their defense it's thirty second in the league yeah. for thirty two teams, and hopefully they can polish that up. But I mean, even their offense is looking a little iffy. Like I said, Tyreek Hill has been slow to start, and. We'll just have to see where it goes for the Chiefs. For sure. So my last weird stat, uh, just really quick, Sean McVay is 40-0 and when leading at halftime. That's crazy to me. Yeah, like, just going to show how good the Rams are. And that's, Sean McVay is such a good young coach. He's the definition of a young coach. He's probably going to be one of the Hall of Fame coaches if he keeps playing at this level because he's like 40-something. He's got a lot of time to figure it out. Definitely. All right, now let's get into some hot takes real quick. I'm going to go ahead and start with mine. I don't think that the Chiefs are going to finish first in their division. I could see why they would. I mean, they're a great team, won the Super Bowl two years ago, made it to the Super Bowl last year, but things aren't looking hot. Patrick Mahomes is looking heated on the sideline, miscommunications with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill not being able to get separation. The defense is the worst in the league right now. 31st secondary, uh, 30-something 30-something in linebacker and run support. Overall, they do have the 32nd worst defense in the league. And I just think the Raiders are just looking too prime time to let this opportunity go to waste. What about the Chargers? I see the Chargers. I think they can battle the Chiefs for that um, number two spot. And they're already at a good start with them being 1-0 against the Chiefs this season. And if they win the next game against the Chiefs, then they've already got the tiebreaker done. Uh, the Chiefs, they need to start winning games and they need to start winning their division games as well. So for this, sure, this is going to be big. This is going to be a big season for the AFC West. So going over to my hot take, I'm this is a scorching hot take. And honestly, you guys know my hot takes don't age well. And I am praying that this one ages terribly. I hope it's my worst one yet. I think that Russell Wilson is going to leave the Seahawks by the beginning of next season. 
So over the offseason, there was a lot of drama going around the Seahawks. We saw it almost every single week. It was Russell Wilson wants a better line. He wants a more he wants more say into what's happening. And he just wants to be surrounded by a good team. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. I think it might have been delusion. It might have just been me just hoping for a good Seahawks season this year. But I really did believe that the Seahawks were gonna change. But again, it is only weeks, it's week four right now. So this is very early. And I'm not taking this too seriously as if it were week nine or week 10, maybe. So take it with a grain of salt. I'm not taking it too seriously. As I said, it's way too early, but I'm treating it like if it was late in the season. Now, after these first three weeks, we could analyze a few things about this team. First off, they're they're one and two. Yeah, they're one and two. So week one looked amazing. They had five sacks against the Colts, which they were rumored had the best offensive line in the game. They're 0-3 right now, so keep in mind that didn't really matter. So they looked amazing. The offense was amazing against the Colts. Uh, Defense was amazing. It was just overall a great game for them. Week two was a little bit slower. Final score was 30-33. to They only scored once in the second half. And it just, it, defense looked rough. They allowed 30 points. I mean, or 33, what can you say? It was a bad game. Offense really folded in that second half as well. Titans came back like crazy in that game. And then week three happened. Now, I wish I could erase week three out of my mind. Uh, they played the Vikings, and the Vikings now are one and two like Seattle. Um, the Seahawks had an explosive first half, dropping 17 points. Uh, offense, they looked amazing. Chris Carson had a huge run. Russell Wilson had that touchdown, and then the field goal, of course. And the Vikings dropped 21 points at the end of the half. And then the rest of the game, Seattle was quiet. Final score, I believe, was 32. Yeah, it was 30 to 17. And you just can't do that. And there's a lot of problems with this team now. I'm not trying to extend this on talking just random about the Seahawks the whole episode because this is a football podcast on a Seahawks podcast, but. In the offseason, the main problem was the pass protection. However, the pass protection got a little bit better. I'm going to admit it hasn't been as bad as last season, but it is still a problem. Uh, going back to the Titans game, Russell Wilson got sacked twice in that uh, on that overtime drive that they could have definitely won. So the pass protection is still a problem. Um, and then the play calling of- offensively has been a little bit of a struggle. Instead of like running the ball conservatively in the fourth quarter and just closing out the game or even just trying to get back on that scoreboard, they just go right to pass and they play hero ball. And Benny plays me against me in Madden all the time. And the moment I go down, I go to hero ball and I lose every damn time. And that's just what happens realistically. We saw it with Carson Wentz especially. I mean, yeah, it's just not the best way of playing football. You go out of your playbook and you start throwing deep passes and stuff and it's incompletions or picks and it's not going to look good you just lose opportunities and that is what seattle's struggling with offensively now shane waldron when they're comfortable it's an amazing offense we saw that week one and most of week two the offense looked great it was just overall consistent they're making deep plays but they're also making those first downs i don't think that in the second half of the game they had a single first down it was tragic. I mean, I'm not sure if that's... I, they probably had one, but based off of what I saw myself, there wasn't any first downs. It was sure just three and outs the whole game. And just imagine if they go against a really good team. And the uh, the Vikings, honestly, Kirk Cousins is playing like an MVP right now. He's playing great. But if they were against the Bucks or the Rams, they probably would have dropped 50 on them. Just realistically. That, yeah, that is realistic. And that just kind of... That just kind of shows a kind of team that Seattle is. They're not the best in the league. They're not in the worst, but 
I think they're approaching their mediocre days. And while, yeah. uh, while Russell Wilson probably should think about leaving, I think it all, I think it all comes down to if they win a playoff game, if they do anything like they could do what they did last year, make the playoffs and just be one and done, just lose the first game. That's what they've been like for a long time. And I think at that point you, he should leave. If they go in and win a game, then maybe he could stick around. But especially if they miss the playoffs, which is honestly something that I've heard around on like on Twitter. Yeah. I've heard people saying that it's not, a play. I've seen people say that they're going to finish eight and seven and not, or yeah, eight, seven and one and miss the playoffs. I mean, and it's really, it looks likely so going over my third point the coaching is a problem now i love pete carroll uh he's one of the most energetic guys in the league he's a really funny guy and his post game or his conferences are always fun to watch but as a coach he is regressing terribly pete carroll um offensively it was bad but now shane waldron's there it's getting a little bit better but there's still those struggle points but the defense has been a struggle for Seattle within the recent years, and it's just getting worse. You guys heard me talk about Trey Flowers earlier. Now, Trey Flowers is terrible, but... He's not Kevin King. You could only put so much blame on your coaches, or on your players. And DJ Reed and Trey Flowers, two cornerbacks, they each called out the coaching staff. They said they need to see changes, and I agree. They're, they just run coverage all game, and they get blown every single time. And Jamal Adams, he's not helping at all. Quandra Dick is not helping at all. And they have potential to where they could help. So I'm not sure what play calling is going on right now, but it's, just, it's terrible. If your corners are getting burnt every play, you need your safeties back there. Just wait until they play a team with D-Hop uh, or uh, Cooper Cup right now. They are just going to burn those two guys every single drive, and it's just going to be terrible. So they they need to really focus on that deep ball, and also they need to focus on just getting a better defense. And because, yeah, Russell Wilson, his, his problem with the offensive line was adjusted, and his problem with the coordinator was adjusted, but also they're not winning games right now. And usually when I watch a Seahawks game, if there's like, okay, let's say fourth quarter, they're down 10 points, I still have a lot of hope. Watching that Vikings game, they just looked just demotivated. There was no fire that's usually under them. Like, usually when it's going down to that, Russell Wilson is on his top of his game. He's going crazy. Didn't have a single first down in the fourth quarter. Defense looked terrible for the or or whole game, but especially the fourth quarter. So, going back to my main point of the hot take, just going back to that, Russell Wilson... He's my favorite player. He's the player that really got me into football. However, he deserves better. Russell Wilson is playing, he's playing great football. He has the best passer rating in the league right now. No interceptions, uh, eight touchdowns, and I think he's at 800 something yards. He's playing amazing football, but his team won't meet that standard that he has. And that's just been the story of his career. It really has every single year of his career, except of course that legendary Legion of Boom defense. Russell Wilson is the only sole point on that on that whole team. And it's looking like that as well. So I really hate to say it, but if Seattle doesn't make the playoffs or if they lose that first round, then Russ really needs to consider leaving because he does he's in his prime right now. And he's still in that point where he's getting better every season. However, that's not gonna last forever. And he needs to get a Super Bowl. Um he's already considered one of he's he's considered a first ballot Hall of Famer without a doubt. He's amazing. Mm, I think he could 
throw for some more yards. More yards, but okay, by the end of his career, he'll be a first ball Hall of Fame. Yeah, I can see that. But if he wants to be talked about like players like Drew Brees are talked about, he needs more Super Bowls. Yeah, because at this point, he's, I mean, while of course he does have a Super Bowl win, I mean, look at Dan Marino. He's regarded as one of the best quarterbacks to play the game, but he never won. Yeah, and at this point, uh, Drew Brees and him, they're just, they're just both stat packing at their careers. Right now, Russell Wilson just stat packing. Um, he needs to go to a team that has a serious contention for a Super Bowl. And then again, I'm not down in the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks can bounce back from this. But I'm just basing this hot take off of what I've seen these last three weeks. Anyways, that pretty much concludes my hot take. Um, Russ, he needs to go if they don't do anything this season. But at the same time, it's way too early. I'm not taking this hot take super seriously. Neither should you guys. Uh, it's week four. There's still... 13 weeks more of uh, games to go, or 13 more games to go. So going into this week's bonus segment, we're going to be ranking our top 10 teams and our bottom three teams. So first of all, I'm going to go with my 10th team in the league right now. I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys now. Dak Prescott, he came back. He's meeting his standard. Ezekiel Elliott had a slow start, but he's doing better. And then that wide receiver core super lethal. Overall, they're winning the East. No, no doubt about it. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it, I believe. My 10 spots actually go into the Chargers, whereas some people might say that that's a little, you know, too low, but I'm just going to need to see more from that defense, especially, but the offense is looking great. Justin Herbert just threw yeah. five touchdowns against the Chiefs, whereas last season that would have been praiseful for, but this season with their lackluster defense, not so much, but I'm going to just, I need to see a little more from the Chargers, but other than that, they are looking pretty solid. So my ninth team is the Panthers. They're 3-0 right now, and Sam Darnold is playing great football. He's not putting up amazing stats, but he's winning games. That's what matters in football. He doesn't need to put up the amazing stats with the team he has. Yeah, he's just playing football, and he's looking like he's finally having fun. And the defense, don't get me started, they're number one ranked in fantasy, first of all. And they're just, yeah, they're doing great things right now. I think per game, they only allow 8-point-something, yeah. 83 but the Broncos are up there as well. I think they only allow like 8.7. Yeah. Other than that, they're undefeated, like you said, so that's good. But my my nine spots going to the Cowboys. We brought them up before. Dak is exceeding his standards. And while the defense did play amazing during week three, again, like the Chargers, I'm just going to need to see more. For sure. So my eight spot, a um, little bit controversial, but I had the Chiefs up there. Just because this has been, I mean, I'm basing this off of like these first three weeks, not a whole entire roster, but these first three weeks have been rough for the Chiefs. Uh, Mahomes has had some miscommunications, which we don't really see from him that much. Uh, Tyree Kill's been slowing down. Travis Kelsey's not been doing so great. I mean, he's been doing good, but not great. And overall, that defense is just so bad. But the thing about the Chiefs is their offense is good enough to carry them. I mean, we've seen it before. They're often this is an offense driven league at this point, and their offense can really win them those games. So they're still top 10 for sure. And I actually have the Chiefs at eight as well. Um, that yeah, I'm also basing it off the first three games. Defense is just pitiful. Yeah, that's all I have to say. The offense is good. Um, the chemistry isn't really as what it was the last couple years, but I expect that to bounce back. Yeah, the offense is good enough when it works to really make up for that bad defense. I mean, even last season, their I mean, their defense has never been that great uh, with Patrick Mahomes there, and he still won a Super Bowl, still won MVP, still went to Super Bowl. So it's like 
their defense or their offense has always been good enough for them to win games. They don't need to rely on their defense. So if it was any other team, however, I would be considering that to put them in top 20 territory. But just because of how lethal they are, I know they're going to be fine. Going to my number, number seven spot, I have the Cleveland Browns. Um, I do as well. Great defense, great offense. Not much more to say except Baker can be a little bit more clutch at times. That's really my, my only criticism for them. Um, however, still, the season's young. Anything can change. We've only seen him really in one clutch spot, and that was against the Chiefs. And how, that wasn't even really his fault. But, yeah, they're seven. They're they're. They have Super Bowl chance this yeah, team. They are, season. they are a Super Bowl contender. Um, OBJ is finally I, back. I, I hate the narrative that the Browns would be better without OBJ and like all that stuff. OBJ came back, caught five passes for 77 yards. Yeah, he did great. He did fantastic. And you put OBJ on any team and they're a better they're better at wide receiver for that. The narrative needs to go away. They need to get rid of the narrative that he has no uh he's a diva yeah he's a diva he has no chemistry with baker mayfield where he's expressed his love for the browns he's expressed things that we never saw with the giants with him yeah and i really do think that they got something going for sure the for Brown, sure uh they have a fantastic defense it's great miles garrett um four and a half sacks defensive player of the week um and nine sacks total against uh the bears i mean that's that's insane um I do need to see a little more from Baker. Now, Baker, he's getting better. He's uh, slowly, progressively getting better. And I'll take that rather than him being yet another Browns quarterback bust. He's looking, while at the start of his career, he was a gunslinger and he wanted to make throws happen and he was aggressive. Nowadays, he's looking more like a Drew Brees. I mean, he, he does have the arm to throw it deep and he will if he needs to, but if he doesn't like what he sees, he'll take the check down. And that's something we didn't see his second season or his first season. And I like seeing that out of Baker. If he can, if he can develop a little faster, I probably would have had him as, um, I would have had the team a little higher, but regardless, still love the Browns. I'm, I'm going to ride him until they make it to the Super Bowl this year. But for me personally, they're also on, they're also seventh on my list. So my six spots going to Green Bay. Uh, normally they would be higher, but that week one performance was so bad. There's really not much more to talk about the Packers. I mean, they've really brought together, but again, it was against the Lions, which the Lions aren't a great team. And the Niners, they have a good defense. And that was, that was a great game. Uh, it just really came down to the Niners leaving too much time on the clock for Aaron Rodgers, even though it was just 30 something seconds and no timeouts. We've seen it before. Still though. enough time. Um, but yeah, that week one performance was so bad that it is holding them back. You just can't bounce back from something like, like you can't bounce back from something like that within two weeks. I feel that. Uh, my sixth spot goes to the Arizona Cardinals, though. Uh, I really like the Cardinals and I really like what they're doing. I've expressed how they're definitely one of the more teams I'm leaning towards. Um, if the Browns don't make it, of course. Um, they've got a fantastic quarterback, Kyler Murray, a very young offense that's really coming together. Uh, DeAndre is looking fantastic as well. Uh, defense, um, we've expressed. Scary. Yeah, defense is scary. We've expressed how young that is as well. And I think as the coming years arrive, the Cardinals are going to just keep getting better and better. For sure. So my fifth spot is the Ravens. Now, going back to my agenda about Lamar, I kind of always hated on him, but he's really proven wrong. He has been carrying this team. The defense is mediocre it's good enough to where they they'll win they'll, yeah they'll 
they could rely on them for a win. But that offense is very lackluster, but Lamar is making up for it. And that's why they're number five. I mean, they're, they are two and one. They lost a thriller in Monday Night Football to the Raiders. But Lamar has proven that he can throw. He just has bad receivers. And his run game is still lethal. I, I thought they were going to figure it out last season. Here I am a season after saying that and they're still he's still just just destroying Spin it moves he's still getting uh 20 yard rushing plays it's insane my fifth spot is going to go to the las vegas raiders um Derek carr is looking like an mvp right now leading the league in yards he's doing fantastic not much more to say they've got a fantastic offense their defense is pretty solid it's definitely top 10 in my opinion and like i said earlier i think that uh the raiders have a fantastic opportunity to win their division this season. So for my fourth spot, I actually kind of have two teams tied for it. It's, so it's the top 11 technically for me. By the Cardinals and Raiders tied, they're both undefeated currently, and they're both looking amazing. As you said, Kyler is throwing bombs. Uh, he does have a problem with his turnovers, but it's not terrible to where it's gonna ruin a game. They're still winning. They're just, yeah, they're just those passes that he just makes stupid decisions and it's not gonna affect a game. It's just a gunslinger. Yeah, it's it. just him throwing it. Uh, and then Raiders, Derek Carr is playing the best football he's ever played in his life. And the defense is looking great. The overall, the Raiders are a strong team and so are the Cardinals. I couldn't choose one over the other. And also my top three are so undeniable. So I just kind of had to have them tied. My number four spot's actually gonna go to the Packers. Now that week one performance was pitiful, but I'm not gonna discredit them too much for that because we know what this team is, this team is capable of. Um, defensively, Hopefully they can eventually address Kevin King, get him off the field, draft somebody. Um, other than that, I think the defense is pretty solid. They need to work a little better at times, but the offense is looking pretty solid as well after, you know, post week one. But I really like the Packers and I think it's crazy how consistent they've been throughout the years just to not ever make it to the Super Bowl. But hopefully, hopefully they can turn something around. For sure. Uh, so my third spot is the Buffalo Bills. Now, they did lose terribly to the Steelers week one. They're not terribly, but considering it was the Steelers, I consider that a terrible loss. But Josh Allen, I don't know. That offense is just so amazing when it clicks, and it's been clicking recently. Uh, this might be kind of hypocritical because I'm not... Because I looked at the Packers week one performance, and then I'm kind of just abandoning the Bills, but the Packers is so bad compared to the Bills. Um... But yeah, I mean, Josh Allen absolutely balled up. And keep in mind, they have been winning by huge amounts. Like, I think they won 35-0 to zero against the Dolphins. They just put up 45. 45-21 to on Washington. So they're just an amazing team. And same as last season, they have that Super Bowl potential. I mean, they don't have a lot of Super Bowl experience. I mean, they had the four in the 90s that they went back to back to back to back and lost all of them. <laughs> However, none of their players now have that Super Bowl experience. So they are in kind of a weird spot, but they are good enough to where they could be Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, uh, I think they're primed and they're ready. That's why I have them in my number three spot as well. Like you said, when the offense gets clicking, the ball's everywhere and it's just, the Bills are probably one of the more funner teams to watch in the Bills. Oh, definitely. So we actually have the same top three. So number two, we have the Buccaneers. Uh, they're so good. Just the fact, I mean, Tom Brady, 44, uh, 45 years old, playing the best football of his life right now, which is insane to think about because 
the man's 45. Most quarterbacks enter their prime era in around the, their early 30s because they have that experience. They've probably been to a Super Bowl or two, but Tom Brady just keeps getting better and better and better. And the fact, and just besides Tom Brady, that whole entire team is stacked. Now with Richard Sherman, I mean, sure, I'd rather have Murphy Bunting, but Sherman goes back and fills that depth that they're missing. Whenever the Bucks have a problem, it seems like they solve it immediately. I know, and they do a great job with they it. They really do. They have a fantastic defense. Uh, their offense is clicking. I think their offense was already built, so that's why they focused on defense, and it proved pivotal because now that defense is looking phenomenal. So our number one and two spots were actually decided based off of uh, Sunday Night Football. The Rams are going to be number one, and Matt Stafford, yep. I love it because everybody was saying, well, if Matt Stafford was good, the Lions would have been in the uh, playoffs. If Matt Stafford was good, then this and that. And I've been a fan of Matt Stafford for a while. I've been saying that he has these amazing passes, and we're seeing that finally with the Rams. We're seeing him 3-0 and on a good team. They just beat, they just beat Super Bowl the champions. Super Bowl champs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And by a good amount, too. By, by a good amount. Yeah, and man... Cooper Cup is looking crazy. That's another yeah. thing. They've been saying Cooper Cup isn't that good or whatever. He got hurt his second year and stuff. And who knows in, Who knows if he's even good. But he was putting up decent numbers with Jared Goff. And now that he's got Matt Stafford, a real, real, I'm going to say an elite quarterback. Yeah. He's looking fantastic. Uh, the Rams are winning it all this year. And, I hate to say it, but they are. And while, and while the defense is like, it's not mediocre, it's pretty good. Um, they have Aaron Donald included as well. Whereas if you put him on any defense, they're immediately better. And don't sleep on Jalen Ramsey, best corner in the league. Oh, easily, for a few years easily now, easily best corner in the league. So this just goes wait, like, which to, which conference is better as a whole? I'm going NFC. I could see the NFC. Um, I would say the A. I would say the AFC has consistently more. Um, diverse teams i think there's more winning teams because if you look at our bottom three there are two more afc i mean if you look at the if you look at the nfc now i'm gonna say yeah the nfc looks better yeah uh, i would like to say that the afc has more consistently good teams but a lot of owen three teams are on the afc. the afc and we're gonna talk about that so we do have our same top three worst teams as well so going into our third worst team uh, the Giants, they, you guys know, I'm a huge Daniel Jones hater. However, Daniel Jones, not really the problem this season. Yeah, he's actually doing pretty solid. The problem is the rest of the team. I mean, yeah. that's, that's about it. Kenny Galladay was a great addition. He's making fantastic catches, making Daniel Jones look better. But the defense yeah, is horrendous. And last season, I remember everyone was talking about how good the defense was. I never really bought into that hype. I'm, all, all there was was James Bradbury. Like, um, I think he was like top three in the league for interceptions but yeah. i haven't heard a single thing from him this year the giants they're 0 and 3 right now they look terrible and it's sad when daniel jones is one of your best parts of your team because i hate that man <laughs> uh no i don't i don't hate him i just not not a fan of him uh the coaching is a problem jason garrett not a fan of him at all and just yeah overall the giants are such a bad team and I'm going to say it, uh, I saw this hot take somewhere on Instagram saying that Saquon Barkley was not a smart pick and he was just a last-ditch effort to try to get Eli Manning a Super Bowl. 
and I can kind of see it. I'm. I, could, I don't really think they needed a running back at that point. They should have gone for a defensive player, maybe a lineman. They should have been focusing on the rest of their offense because you can really you can get a good running back on any offseason pretty much. I mean, you Kareem can, Hunt was a fourth round pick, I think. Yeah, um, you can literally James get, Robinson yeah. went undrafted. Running backs are easy to come by. Good linemen, not easy to come by. Look at a bunch of those other teams. Good defenders, not easy to come by. That's their biggest problem. I mean, Saquon, he's great. I mean, he's, I he's say, good. Saquon's I good. Say, he's not... He balled out. He absolutely went crazy this week. But... Yeah, Saquon's good, but he yeah, wasn't it's not. It's not discrediting him. Yeah, he. Yeah, I'm not trying to discredit him. He's good. Uh, he's definitely worth a first-round pick, but not for the Giants. Now, if you're pretty much set everywhere else, but you don't have a good running back, I'm going to say Buffalo, then Saquon would have been a good pick. We saw the same thing with the Jags when number four overall, they took Leonard Fournette, and he's not even on the team anymore. He yeah. just won a Super Bowl with the Buccaneers, but point is he wasn't needed, and they shipped him out for a reason. And I mean, they do that a lot with their players, which is why we have them number two for bottom three. Yeah, the Jets, or sorry, the Jags are horrendous. Yeah, they got a young coach who doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing. Urban Meyer in his first year. There's even rumors that he's going to go pick up a college coach gig, which is just pitiful. Yeah. Uh, he was not using Robinson well at all. I think I think he's finally starting to do that. I think week one, he, only, he had under 10 touches. Yeah, he's been feeding... The running back he had in college, Carlos Hyde, which at that point, I mean, you know, Carlos Hyde isn't doing too much in the league nowadays. Yeah, he just and uh, you know that James yeah. Robinson was um, he he was close to rookie of the year. I'd say he's top five for rookie of the year last year for sure. Uh, went undrafted, but he still he's the best undrafted free agent I think. Um, he went crazy, but I'm not trying to talk about. Sorry, if you have that, I mean, just utilize it. I'm not trying to talk bad about Lawrence because he's a rookie. You can't really talk down on rookies too much, but he's not playing good football. It's Yeah, it's questionable. The play calls aren't good, and he's just getting... It's not entirely his fault by any means, but at the same time... It also does come with... Um, he played in a very college offense with a team that's always going to have a good offensive line, Clemson. As uh-huh. soon as somebody um, goes to the NFL, they've got another dude right there to pick up the slack, and... He just doesn't have, I think he's expecting more time in the pocket. The other thing is Jags receivers aren't getting open as well. No. And he's He can fit balls in tight windows. And we've seen him do that this season, but we've also seen him throw interceptions off of it. While yeah. he is on paper playing bad football, it is definitely just rookie growing pains. And I think for sure, I think it's just because we saw Justin Herbert ball out last year that we kind of expect rookies to come in and pop off. And I think for people who are barely picking up football, I think they're, I think Justin Herbert ruined that for them. Yeah. You know, he went crazy, broke the rookie touchdown record on rookie of the year. Still doing good. Just dropped five touchdowns on KC. Um, but so far, none of the quarterbacks from this draft class have been worth anything. And going into our first pick, Zach Wilson has been a bust for the Jets. Again, it is week three. I'm not trying to talk down on him. But last week, he threw four picks in one half. I know. It's just definitely not looking good. I'm not... He's definitely looking towards bust, but I think... I think he's... I think he'll be decent. I think he'll be pretty good. 
And yeah, the Jets are just such a bad organization. Their defense, terrible. Offense, terrible. Everything about the Jets is bad. I do like their coach, though. Robert that is Salah. the only bright side is Robert Salah. He's the only bright side. It's and I, his first season there. It's going to take a while to rebuild. I think eventually they'll be better. They, they're they not going to win their division for years. But I think... I think in the next three years, I'll say that they won't be they won't be last. Yeah, that could be the Dolphins, um, or maybe even the Patriots. Yeah. So the Jets, the Jags, and the Giants are our worst teams, and I like that list a lot. Uh, it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, they're all zero and three right now. Uh, they all have problems on every side of the ball, and just overall. I think that's probably the most realistic list. There are some other teams they could argue against uh, for being in that bottom three. But overall, Jets, worst team in the league, no question. Jags, pretty bad too. Not worst, second worst. And Giants, yeah, third worst. And with that, that's going to conclude episode four of Jake and Benny's Backyard Football. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. If you want to keep up with us, uh, we're on Facebook, Jake and Benny's Backyard Football Podcast. And then we're on IG, Backyard Football Podcast. And we're on Twitter, Jake and Benny FB. Go ahead and lob us a follow, please. And with that, thank you for listening. Have a wonderful week.